You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 48. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the Nintendo aficionado, Roro. Roro, what is up? I'm good. I'm doing good. Uh, as we talked about in the pre-pre-show and the pre-show, <laughs> I just got off work. So I, I literally ran from the bus stop to, to get here on time. That is, that is <laughs> but awesome. But I'm, I'm very excited to talk about what we have to talk about today. Yes, I agree. That is that is awesome that you ran to the bus stop just to make it on time. Uh, and, and if anyone is curious, the pre-pre-show is exclusive to hosts only. Uh, yes. The pre-show, <laughs> the pre-show is exclusive to YouTube. So go ahead and watch us on there live each Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, thank you to everyone watching us live in, on YouTube. Just search podcast PXN and you will find us on there. Uh, the topic of the show this week roro is our reactions to the epic games big ordeal that they have going on both with apple and google there's a lot of stuff going on there it's going to be interesting uh but first the show always starts with the pxn news of the week so let's go ahead and jump right in roro the first item this week (laughs) is going to be a bit of a rant because Roro, I am very much getting agitated with people uh, this week. So it's time to talk about Halo Infinite a little bit. So there was a news story posted this morning by IGN. Normally, you know, I like IGN. IGN is good people. There's a lot of people there that I like. However, this news story unsubstantiated reports from anonymous sources not going to do it for me. The report said Halo Infinite's delay can be attributed to outsourcing issues and the most significant distraction being the Halo TV series. What? Like, uh, so... As someone who follows 343 very closely and is obviously a huge fan of Halo, yes, you can say, you know, man, you're just a big fanboy with blinders on. No, that's not really how I operate. I operate with logic and reasoning and, you know, what they tell, what the developers are telling us. So the thing is, most of this doesn't make sense to me. The the significant distraction of the Halo TV series doesn't make any sense. 343 has had from day one, not even, you know, this isn't a recent development, from day one of the studio being created back in 2007, 2008, whenever that was created uh, to take over for the Halo franchise, they had a small team created to be the transmedia team for 343. And the head of that transmedia team is Kiki Wolfkill. She's super awesome. You should follow her on Twitter if you don't already. She's she's great. Uh, she leads this small team in every aspect of Halo that isn't the games. So that's the TV series, the comics, the game, uh, the movies, the uh, you know everything else, books, everything. So they're overseeing all of that stuff. The fact that they're saying that. The TV series is messing with development of the game doesn't make sense because those are two completely different entities. Uh, Chris Lee is the head of the studio of of Halo Infinite. They have multiple heads at 343. Kiki Wolfkill is the head of the transmedia team at 343. So those... Those disconnects there are why I'm a little bit miffed miffed about this whole ordeal because it it doesn't make sense, Roro. It it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. So that's yeah. you know that's kind of to address that part of it. The outsourcing thing. So I I kind of wanted to go into that as well. The outsourcing, yes, outsourcing happens in the video game industry, and it in fact it happens now more than it's ever happened in the course of the entire industry because of how much these big AAA games demand, and that can be seen. 
just by looking at The Last of Us Part Two that just came out. I read a report not that long ago that they said that, what, 18 or 19 different developers worked on that game? That's just how game development happens now. Like, to say that there's trouble because, you know, there's outsource, there's so much outsourcing for this game, that doesn't make sense because that happens normally on a normal basis. And 343 actually has a history of outsourcing things. If you go back to Halo 4, they outsourced Forge, Halo 4's Forge, to Creative, uh, not Creative Assembly, uh, Certain Affinity, uh, and they created their entire Forge in Halo 4, and they helped with Halo 4's multiplayer maps as well. Uh, Halo 5 had a lot of help with uh, both Campaign and Firefight, uh, the Warzone Firefight. They had multiple studios working on that. Halo the Master Chief Collection has literally an entire... Halo the Master Chief Collection was a game built on outsourcing. Every single developer that has worked on the Master Chief Collection is an outside studio because 343 didn't develop the Master Chief Collection internally. So, yeah, I have a lot of problems with what they're saying here. However, with all of those things being said, I posted all of that this morning uh, in reply to IGN's Facebook post because that's what I originally saw it on. I, I posted all those things and my concerns about IGN going with that article. And I, Roro, I apologize if I'm going too long with this. No. Yeah, but uh, I, I commented that right away. So now, after I got home today, I looked back. Two hours ago, Sketch, who is the 343 community manager, actually responded to these, these concerns and okay. these questions. So... Here's the thing. They don't normally do this stuff, but because there's been so much negativity towards Halo Infinite as far as the graphics demonstration at the reveal event and this and so many things that they've just been harped on for being bad. I'm just, you know, I'd rather us, you know, go on the side of having factual information rather than, you know, sensationalizing things to necessarily get some clicks. I'm not saying IGN necessarily meant to do that, but it it, it it felt that way from someone like myself who is a big fan. But anyways, so Sketch, the 343 community manager says, okay, normally I don't even entertain this kind of stuff, but seeing as I'm partially implicated here, I'm going to address the part where Phil Spencer validated his prior reporting, even though I denied it. So essentially, Phil Spencer went on Animal Talking last week with Gary right. Witta, and he had uh, he Phil Spencer had hinted that Halo Infinite's uh, uh, release was talked about that maybe they would release multiplayer uh, or split up. His exact words were split up the campaign and multiplayer, and they talked about the possibility of doing that. Sketch now confirms that the the report that came out, what, two weeks ago or something, that said that campaign would uh, launch on day one, but multiplayer would be pushed back, that was complete bull crap. The actual thing that they possibly talked about before delaying was that they were going to release multiplayer on day one, and then campaign would come at a later time which that makes sense to me as someone who is a big Halo fan. Multiplayer, obviously, is going to take priority over the campaign. It, it's, that's just what it is. And, and, and Sketch confirms that. He says that what Phil was talking about there was that we talked about releasing multiplayer for, in fall 2020 and campaign next year. They decided not to do that. They decided to, to delay the release for the better of the entire game. So that's great. That is really great. So he cleared that up. Uh, <laughs> he does say, he does go into being frustrated about people making up stories and, you know, unsubstantiated reports and anonymous sources. Uh, it's just frustrating that people can say 100% false information and get away with it. And the other, yeah. so... <laughs> I'll this one more thing uh, sketch also said in regards to the, the stuff that came out today about the TV series. And this is remember, remember what I said before. Yeah. So he said three, four, three industries has a devoted transmedia team that is working with showtime on the creation and production of the halo TV show. This group is separate from the halo infinite development team. These are two. <laughs> 
completely <laughs> different independent projects with dedicated teams and leadership that do not impact one another. Literally what I said this morning. So, yes, that is my rant, Roro. I apologize that you had to just, you know, listen to all that. But I just I grew frustrated the more I saw that today and the more misinformation that I see about people commenting on Halo Infinite and saying things that aren't true, like just regular people that don't understand what's actually happening behind the scenes and saying, oh, it looks so bad and it's this and it's that. It's so frustrating as a Halo fan because people are just throwing away this game just based on information that isn't even true my thing is let's let let's let things play out give them the time they need and let's see what the game turns out to be so uh roro i don't know if you <laughs> want to add anything to that but that's all no i you were saying like it, it sucks that people who don't know what's going on are you know throwing away this game and it, and it what also sucks is people that quote unquote do know what's going on like, like the IGNs and stuff like that are still spreading information that is seemingly not true and it sketch showed us that it is not true mm-hmm. so it does suck that like the uh, the IGNs are posting stuff like like that like the the TV series as soon as you said that as someone who is not a huge Halo fan or a 343 I'm not super in into that ecosystem but that threw me off as well right away because that's why what I assumed what Sketch said is that two separate teams are working on the game and the TV show surely. So yeah. like yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's that sucks that they're getting press like that from IGN. Yeah. I yeah. completely agree. And yeah, it just it just grows my frustrations when I click on the comment section and just see people <laughs> just man, it just it gets very frustrating, but it is what it is. I'd rather take my small community of giant Halo fans than have people in there that are going to be toxic and don't even understand sure. it anyways. So, um, Anyways, let's move on from that negative <laughs> news. And uh, so just this will kind of button up our Halo stuff. Uh, another new Halo Infinite soundtrack track was released this week uh, from 343. And man... This the Halo Infinite soundtrack might be my favorite soundtrack of every Halo any Halo game ever made, and that's saying something because I love their music. Like the <laughs> first one they released a few weeks ago was very, very, very indicative of Halo 3's theme main theme. Uh, the second one they released was very, very indicative of Halo CE's main theme, and now this one is very, very indicative of Halo 2's theme. Like, it, oh my god, it feels like they're bringing all the best parts of all the Halo games together, and it it, it just feels so, so good. And that's what I, that's why it's so frustrating to me hearing all these things because. I know 343 is trying to build a love letter to Halo fans based on everything they've learned from Halo 4 and 5. And that's why I get a little frustrated about that stuff. Because so. they are doing so much so much right, it seems. It's just that it's taking them a little bit longer to be able to show us everything. And then everybody's getting impatient. And then you get the IGN article saying false things. And yeah, I understand it getting a, getting a bit frustrating after a while. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, the music is obviously amazing. As someone, again, someone who is not super into Halo 343 and all that kind of stuff, that the music is iconic and I can recognize a Halo song or, or track when I hear it. So it's cool that they're they're harping back to the, the previous uh, iconic songs from the franchise. Yes, absolutely. Super excited. Uh, moving on to more Xbox, well, sort of <laughs> Xbox news, Microsoft news, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator is the newest, oh my lord, what the heck's happening, masterpiece? What? <laughs> uh, so the reviews have come out. It has gotten very glowing reviews, probably the best reviews for an Xbox exclusive since Forza Horizon 4, I think, uh, which is just crazy. <laughs> Uh, it's got a 93 on Metacritic right now, which is absolutely insane that Microsoft Flight Simulator, of all things. But 
once you play this game and like pick it up, I downloaded it yesterday and I played for a little bit. Obviously, I, I've talked about I've played the alpha. It's mm-hmm. just so unbelievably zen to mm-hmm. just jump in and you can jump into literally any airport in the entire world and take off from there and, and go wherever. Like it's so insane. The I don't know. And maybe it's just me and I don't think it is just me based on this, but like as a child I played the old Microsoft Flight Simulators and I love just, you know, enjoying the sights and I feel like this is really pulling me back to that with some amazing technology granted, but uh have you had a chance to check it out yet, Rora? I have. It took me a little while to <laughs> to get it fully downloaded on my uh on my computer. But uh, I got to jump into the tutorial for a little bit, so I haven't been able to explore as freely as I want to yet because I'm, I'm trying to learn how to fly the plane first. <laughs> yeah. But um, it seems like really awesome. I've watched some other people uh, do some playthroughs. I watched uh, Rooster Teeth, or well, Bruce Green, who was formerly of Rooster Teeth, do a Twitch stream recently, and he did uh, from Los Angeles to Dubai, I think, which is, I think, the longest flight you can do. I'm not sure, yeah. but he was doing like a super long stream of that. And it's like, it just, like you were saying, it just looks nice and Zen and relaxing to just get up in the sky and fly in, in a time where we literally can't do that. So I think that's another reason why it might be reviewing so well, because it's just nice to be able to travel without traveling, I guess it's, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And like, if I would make a suggestion to you, I would just jump in to whatever you want and turn it to easy because okay. <laughs> honestly that uh that literally takes care of every uh automated thing you have to do essentially and if you use the Xbox controller I've just been using an Xbox controller I know that sounds stupid and crazy for a game that complex and it makes it super easy you just basically fly the plane it it prompts you and tells okay. you do this do this and then you take off and you're good um, I might do that then. Yeah. yeah, it definitely like when I was playing the alpha, they didn't have that difficulty in there yet. So I was trying to like do every single thing, like right. trying to figure All out the notches. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what's going on. This is more complex than I remember and doing all crazy things. But yes, that difficulty mode, I would definitely recommend that easy. Okay. So it makes it a little more enjoyable. Okay, I'll definitely try that um moving on oh i do have one more thing that i wanted to mention what do you think the likelihood of that being a launch title now for series x seeing as obviously halo is not going to be there at launch people are wondering what microsoft's going to have at launch they've Mm -hmm. announced it's coming to xbox but they haven't said when or anything like that do you do you think that they'll try to squeeze that in for the series x launch um yeah, I, I could see it. I feel like if it's on PC now, there might not be too much more they have to do to optimize it for Series X is what they keep putting on their their next-gen games. So it's I think so. I think that would be pretty cool to, to launch with the game, especially, again, having the entire world <laughs> to explore. That would be, that'd be really cool. I, I hope they do do that. Yeah, I agree. I think that would be a very smart decision, obviously with not having halo they have to have something else i mean i don't know this is a good month for microsoft's or xbox game studios as we'll kind of talk about as the month closes out here but there's a ton of xbox games coming out this month so very interested to see that uh moving on to more xbox news before we move on to other stuff uh <laughs> new, there's a new xbox experience that uh microsoft showed off today for the xbox one xbox series x and mobile all shown so essentially this is the new dashboard that they're uh kind of showing off what it's going to uh, look like and it does look very similar to the Xbox One, as they kind of already hinted at, that Xbox One's dash would still be the same as Series X. Um, but this new dashboard looks significantly faster. And then let me tell you, Roro, I've been using the new store. Uh, it's in preview right now for people who are early access people or whatever. Uh, and the new store is phenomenal. Like, it's so freaking fast. It's unbelievable 
but the new dashboard is apparently taking less resources from the system, so it uses like 40% less memory, uh, so games can kind of get more of that memory, which is good. That's always a good thing. Uh, and it's super fast, super clean, has the same design language as the new store has, so everything looks crisp. I'm very excited for this. Nice. Uh, so, And even if Series X wasn't coming out this fall, I'd be excited for this because the Xbox One UI is very sluggish. Um, yeah. So with this coming to that, that's exciting. It looks clean. It looks nice. I, I, I always like a new, fresh uh, menu to look at. Yes. So this is cool, Absolutely. especially if it works better than the previous one, obviously. Absolutely. New coat of paint. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, Fall Guys has quickly become a favorite on this podcast in a lot of places. Uh, but Fall Guys has a charity bidding war going on right now where brands are bidding for the first themed skin in Fall Guys. This is <laughs> this is awesome. Like, imagine if we could actually put this towards like, you know, things that are like crazy, like you know, cancer research, buy the skin for cancer research. Like that would be yeah. amazing. Um, so cool. But yeah, this is awesome. And I think the last I looked, I want to say Ninja had the top uh, bid for this. So it's like over $400,000 or something. Yeah, it's it's a really uh, meme number. I think it's 420069 right now. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, I, again, like you were saying, I think it's so awesome that they're doing this and that it does open the door for really awesome causes, like you're saying for cancer research or anything that they really want to put their money towards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's super awesome. And I think I speak for all of us in saying that we want as many fall guys skins as we can get. <laughs> Cause that game, Absolutely. that game is so awesome. And just like having your favorite characters to dress up as would be awesome. So. There's so many cool fan arts that I've seen on Twitter where it's like the Kentucky, the KFC Colonel as a yeah. Fall Guy skin. There's like just yeah. random awesome stuff. Other game characters as well. So, yeah, nice. I love uh, seeing all these possibilities that we could get. Absolutely agree. Uh, KFC Kentucky Colonel, my home state, Roro, yeah. Kentucky. <laughs> Uh, anyways, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Deathloop has been delayed to quarter two, 2021. So, yeah, this was a promising game. I think I think all of us, including Sean, he's not on today, but I think all of us have been excited for this game and uh, kind of interested to see what, what it looks like. Uh, it's being made by Arcane, right? Yes, I'm, I think so. Let me double check real quick. Yeah. I think, I think you're right, though. Yeah. Uh, Deathloop, Arcane Studios, yeah. Yes, okay. And so it, it is a PlayStation 5 exclusive. I don't, I don't remember if it's a timed exclusive or exclusive. Exclusivity just it's, drives me up. It's a timed exclusive, yeah. Times, okay. So Deathloop looked very promising. Uh, I think it is uh, obviously another, you know, <laughs> casualty, so to speak, to COVID. <laughs> Uh, yeah. like, like we've said before on here, I don't think Halo Infinite and I don't think, uh, Deathloop will be the last two games that get delayed this year. I think we will still see more delays, uh, for games that are supposed to come out this fall. Um, I don't know what else would be next, but yeah. I swear to God, if, if cyberpunk, <laughs> Oh, I don't think I could take that, dude. I don't think I could take that. I was literally <laughs> just about to say that. I'm like, <laughs> if we get another cyberpunk delay, oh. No, 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 no. Please, no. <laughs> oh, please save us, cyberpunk, from 2020. <laughs> and not to mention, Halo moved out of the way for you, cyberpunk, so I can yeah. just focus on you. You know? Yeah. You just stay there, please. <laughs> I'm definitely, I, as even though saying that cyberpunk being delayed will crush me and it would crush me, but I am at this point desensitized to all the delays. Like when something gets delayed, I'm like, I kind of expected yeah. not to play this this year for some reason. I'm just, yeah. And me, and me, I'm probably not going to get the PS5 at launch, maybe end of this year, Christmas time, maybe. So yeah. these delays, if they're not going to be on a PS4, kind of don't affect me too much, but yeah, it's, it's a, it always sucks, obviously. 
and and dude, when are we gonna freaking see Miles Morales? Like we I haven't. Hope this, hope so. yeah, I hope. Yeah. I hope so too. I hope it's at their event this month if they announce price and pre-order. When's that coming? Yeah. Xbox and PlayStation. Sorry, another <laughs> another burst there. Uh, <laughs> moving on, Lincoln Park DLC is available now for Beat Saber Roro. Are you a fan of Lincoln Park? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you don't, you don't. I don't know. I All haven't right. listened to their music. I, I don't think in a while. I put you on the spot. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I like their music. So I think this is actually good news just because, uh, I feel like the only thing that's kind of missing from Beat Saber is having a lot more licensed songs. They have a lot of like original stuff on there, but I kind of want more licensed songs. And I know Sean's talked about how, oh, just plug it in your computer. There's like backdoors and people have, you know, rips of it. And I'm like, dude, I just want to buy it. Just I just want to yeah. buy the music that I it like. It sounds like too much work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just want to buy what I want to listen to. So I think this is a good thing. I hope they keep doing more partnerships like this, but I don't know. Uh, I actually am. I, I just remembered another thing uh, relating to Oculus that I didn't put in the in the stories oh, this week. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So <laughs> Oculus is requiring you to uh, log in with a Facebook account uh, moving forward for all new accounts. And I think they're only supporting through 2023, I think. Uh, if you, if you don't want to use one right now, uh, but by 2023, you'll have to use you Facebook. To. Yeah. Yeah. So... I think a lot of people made a big deal about this as far as like privacy and stuff like that, which totally understandable. But at the same time, Facebook owns Oculus. So obviously they're going to have access to that data one way or another. So I'm not really sure how, you know, how safe people think they are with having just their Oculus account rather than having their Facebook account. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it just I, I I get that and I agree with that. It's just that it's interesting that you're gonna have to make a Facebook account to play Oculus and yeah, and yeah, it's it's weird. It's definitely weird. But I again, like you said, they they're owned by Facebook, so I, I get why Facebook would want to do that. Yeah, it just yeah, it just sucks. It is especially I not that I'm getting an Oculus anytime soon, but I, I don't have a Facebook anymore. So oh, it's just interesting that I won't be able to. Well, I will be. Yeah. But they just have to make one, which is I think what everybody is upset about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And there there are a lot of people out there that don't have Facebook. I, yeah. I work with somebody who doesn't have a Facebook. He just chooses not to have that, which totally understandable, especially in today's world where yeah. everyone has an their own opinion and uh so yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, moving on, uh, there's a data mine, Roro, of Marvel, the Marvel's Avengers beta that has reportedly found 15 unannounced playable characters. Uh, this list is pretty, pretty significant. Um, Ant-Man, the Wasp, Vision, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Falcon, Marvel, Mockingbird, Quake, Winter Soldier, Scarlet Witch, Captain Marvel, Kate Bishop, She-Hulk, and War Machine. Very, very good list. Very my, good list. My question is, is all of that going to be included? <laughs> well, no, yeah, that's another whole other can of worms. But is all of this going to be included, or is this all going to be DLC, like each piecemeal character is going to cost so many dollars? I mm. almost feel like... I almost feel like, you know, slighted because the game only ships with what five five or six characters, depending mm -hmm. on platform. Uh yeah. and this is fifteen characters. Like, imagine if these aren't free. That's a lot I, of money. But go ahead. Yeah. No, I I you might be right that they are DLC, but I, I believe uh the people making uh this game said that the updates are going to are going to be free, yeah, including characters like with uh, Hawkeye coming out uh, yeah. after launch. I think he's a free character, and I think they Correct. mentioned that the the characters are supposed to be free. Okay. I don't know if that changes after a year, and then you have to pay for it. I don't know how that all goes down, but I think yeah. they did say that the characters are supposed to be free, and all you have to pay for are the skins and 
cosmetic stuff. Yeah, I that that I'd be totally down for that. If that actually happens, that's great. And yeah. this would, in my opinion, this would kind of help with the whole Spider-Man exclusivity deal because then you have you know you have twenty some <clears throat> characters to choose from, whereas at launch you have five characters to choose from, and that one character that's exclusive is a big deal because it's missing, you know? Um, or Spider-Man's not coming at launch, but soon after launch, uh, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I, I definitely think... It's all about perspective, I think, and, mm-hmm. you know, if you have 20 characters versus six characters, it, it's very different having one exclusive character, um, mm-hmm. in my opinion, anyways. Yeah. I'm sure Sean will be happy to hear about Black Panther being on the list. <laughs> yes, Black. Honestly, Black Panther is a big highlight, and also this is kind of a sneaky one. Quake is a big deal for me because I I'm a huge fan of Marvel's Agents of Shield, the TV show, and Quake is very prominent in that TV show. She's obviously she's very different in the TV show. I'm not even sure if she's male or female in the like comics and stuff like that, but in the show she's a female and she is freaking awesome i love her as a character and i love her abilities um so i'm i'm interested in that one as well Um, i don't know i i didn't know of of this character actually i didn't know who she was yeah the agents of shield series finale just happened last week and i'm just i'm still i'm still (laughs) flabbergasted it was so good i love it (laughs) And that rarely happens nowadays. But. Yeah. Uh, next up, we're on to uh, some Nintendo news, Roro. Uh, there was a listing on Amazon UK for Zelda Skyward Sword for Nintendo Switch. Nice. How excited. That, I'm excited. Yeah, this yeah. is. I, I think we talk about this a lot when remakes and remasters come out and how I always say, yeah, I, I haven't played that yet. And this is another one of those that I haven't played yet. Yeah. So I am all for a Switch version of Skyward Sword, especially not having to use motion controls. Yeah. Just use my my Pro Controller and just play the video game without the Wii remotes and all that kind of stuff. So that's a plus. So yeah. I, I really hope that this is is true. And and I'm in a similar boat here. I I've literally only played like three Zelda games in my entire life loved two of them which was ocarina of time and breath of the wild i played a little bit of majora's mask i never really played enough of it when i was younger uh to really get a good take on it so to speak uh so i'm excited for another zelda game uh other than breath of the wild too so especially if it comes out this year yes i hope so yes yeah coming alongside uh pikmin so it seems like they're doing a lot of uh remakes of old games or re-releases i guess you could say yeah they have a great back catalog that's for sure they do yes <laughs> yeah uh moving on uh and nintendo had their uh nintendo indie world direct i guess uh yes. so was there anything big that came out of that that you were excited about um yeah there was a lot of games uh nintendo does this a lot in in their directs sometimes more than others in the nindies they do it a lot where they announce a game and it releases on the eShop soon after the direct so they they did that for a couple of games in here uh i think raji was one of them which is like an action adventure sort of game hmm. um takeshi and hiroshi is another one which is it's a really interesting one i could talk about it later in games we're playing yeah um and spirit fair which is another game that i'm playing recently as well all of those games i think there's a couple of other ones that i'm forgetting that came out like as soon as the the direct was over um there's a couple of games coming to the switch like hades i think you have on here yeah um trying to think of anything else that that i might be missing there's a a game that kind of looks like ori um it's a, a bit more puzzle heavy than Ori, not as action adventure. Metroidvania. Yeah, it's not not as Metroidvania as, as Ori. It looks like hmm. it looks like well, it is, but it, it has more puzzles. I think it's it's more focused on yeah the Makes level you think a little more and then yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, it, it was a great it was a great show. It was not like the uh, the previous one, which people didn't like too much. But there's always going to be 
those Nintendo fans who come in, see the title, Nintendo Indie Direct, and then comment, where's the Smash character? There's always going to be those people. <laughs> yeah. But most people were very happy with that, and I, I was too. I, I, was, I love indie games, so more on the Switch is great. Yeah, there's no satisfying some people, as, yeah. <laughs> as we've seen time and time again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, one of those uh, announcements that came out of it, I, I kind of had this broken out, but it, it definitely applies to that super giant uh, who's the developer of Bastion and Transistor and Pyre and like those weird types of quirky games. Uh <laughs> Uh, they always make great games, it seems like. Um, they have announced that Hades is coming to the Switch this fall. Uh, I think that's when it actually comes out of early access on PC, I think. Um, so that's actually interesting. Uh, they're they're getting Hades on there, uh, which, I mean, anything Supergiant, I, I would definitely uh, be interested in. Uh, I never played Transistor, but it always, like interested me whenever i saw trailers on it i i know it was a it was on playstation um and i never played it but it always looked super interesting i always loved that like neon uh art style and and such um so yeah I, i'm i'm in for hades are you in for hades Roro? i am I, I it looks great uh transistor is actually the only <laughs> uh super giant game that i played actually i haven't played bastion or the other ones, so yeah. and I love that one. So I am excited to to dive into this one. Another game that I failed to mention was Untitled Goose Game is getting co-op now. Oh, so you yes. could yeah. I did see that. So you could ca- cause havoc with the friend. <laughs> so that should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, that'll that will be interesting. <laughs> Untitled Goose Game is definitely a unique one. <laughs> yes. Uh. Moving on, Roro, uh, there has been data mined files in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 demo. Uh, this, is, this is the new remaster that it, or remake that has confirmed that Jack Black is appearing as Officer Dick in the, in the new game. That's just great. I think that's hilarious because Jack Black is like pretty much quit acting at this point. He he runs his own YouTube channel, but yeah. uh, I think he said he was done acting after the second Jumanji movie. Uh, so this is kind of cool, uh, <laughs> kind of cool cameo. And also a new uh, alien as well, which I'm pretty sure it's been so long since I played the originals. I'm pretty sure that both him and the alien were in the original game as well. If I remember uh, correctly, uh, obviously we're the wrong people for this because Sean <laughs> was the expert in Tony Hawk, but Sean ain't here, so we're gonna run it the best we can. <laughs> so yeah, I th- I just thought that was interesting because Jack Black, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. It's cool to see him and and stuff. I I remember that uh that rock game that he did a while ago. I don't remember what it's called. It's, it, I think it has rock literally in the Brutal title. Brutal Legend. Yes. And it was I think made by Double Fine. Yeah. Pardon me? It was, and it was made by Double Fine. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So I guess that's why he was in that weird Psychonauts music video. That makes more sense now. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think he's a voice or something in Psychonauts 2 as well. Um, oh. I think Tim Schafer announced that. So sure. very interesting. Uh, moving on, Roro, we have some PlayStation news. A new job listing has suggested that PlayStation is working on a next-generation VR headset. Uh, I think we kind of expected this to happen at some point. Uh, I think the bigger question that Sean would want me to ask right now is, are we getting new controllers with this headset? Because, <laughs> oh uh, yeah. I think that it's been long, you know, talked about on this podcast by Sean uh, about how much he hates that they're still using the PlayStation 3 Move controllers. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, yeah. maybe this will be the time, Roro. Yeah, I, I hope so. I, I certainly hope so. With the PS5 coming out, they're making the DualSense. I mean, I guess that was never a reason for them to make a, a new controller before. They had a new PS4 controller and they still decided to use the the move controllers yeah <laughs> but um yeah with the new headset i i honestly didn't expect this i thought they would just continue using the ps4 one and just make it compatible with uh with the ps5 but yeah. this is cool i'm excited to 
to hopefully try it someday. I still haven't tried any of the VR stuff. Yeah. Um, PS5 hopefully will be my jumping on point. So I'm excited to, to see what this looks like and what new PS5 VR games look like. Yeah. And PlayStation VR has been the cheapest method to get yeah. into VR. So definitely not a bad pick. Yeah. So uh, moving on, Ghost of Tsushima Roro is getting a free online co-op mode coming this fall. That's freaking awesome. I don't think I didn't expect this at all. Uh, <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, they're, Sony's known for their big first party uh, exclusive uh, single player games, but I wasn't expecting co op from Ghost of Tsushima, but that is super cool. And it seems like they're kind of catering it towards that experience too. Uh, how, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I still haven't played Ghost of Tsushima yet, so yeah. that's unfortunate. But the trailer, it actually interested me more because as someone coming from Destiny, those multiplayer co-op sort of experiences, it looked like they have like even a sort of raid kind of activity for the a team to, to play. So that looks really interesting. And obviously, I want to play the single-player campaign too, but that that really intrigued me that they're adding this... Uh, this um this mode yeah. i love dressing up your character in destiny like your guardian and showing it off to my friends and having that option <laughs> in this game where you play as a freaking samurai it yeah that's uh that's awesome super cool absolutely yeah. Uh, Have you picked up Ghost of Tsushima yet? Yes. I, I yeah. Was it two weeks ago I said I started playing it, and I haven't played since then. Okay. <laughs> I've been awful at, at going back to it. it. Mainly, It's mainly Master Chief Collection's fault because right. I've been trying to get the challenges. They added challenges, and I've been trying to get the challenges to get the new unlocks. It's a long story, Roro. It's but always Master Chief's fault. It's always, it's always Halo. It's always Halo. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm hoping to get back to it this weekend. Um, put some more hours into it, but yeah, very excited for that free online co-op mode. Uh, moving on, we have Prince of Persia has a remake that has been apparently leaked. Uh, this just came in today. Uh, I haven't really gotten a lot of time to look at it because it just came in not that long ago, but it sounds like it may release this year. Uh, which is kind of surprising why Ubisoft <laughs> wouldn't have announced this at their event, what, a month ago? But I do know they do have a second event, I think, in September, so I'm assuming it'll get announced there. But, my God, Ubisoft can't keep a secret at this point. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be insane. Tim Gettys would, from Kind of Funny would lose his mind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I've never even played any of the Prince of Persia games. I didn't get into really Ubisoft games until Assassin's Creed. And uh, and I guess Assassin's Creed's kind of the spiritual successor to Prince of Persia. So I'd, I'd be interested in it. See see how it yeah. does. Yeah. Again, keep keep the remakes coming. I <laughs> yeah. I I'm all for them. Absolutely agree. So uh moving on to our final news story, Roro. Uh, a little teaser popped up. Uh, I, I pulled this up and I was like watching it and I'm like, what in the world? Are we watching 2020, the, the experience? <laughs> uh, Call of Duty Cold War has been officially teased with a two-minute teaser trailer. Uh, and it does confirm Treyarch is the developer on this game, which means the three-year dev cycles are gone. Back to two-year dev cycle. Hopefully doesn't negatively impact the game um but uh yeah this game uh, this teaser is weird because like he's saying stuff like you know you control you know with chaos and 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 mass chaos and then like i think he even dropped the word pandemic or not pandemic he said something similar to a pandemic and i'm like what the heck this feels like 2020 is happening right here uh so yeah, it really definitely strikes the mood of the current like climate of the United States in particular. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. North America because it kind of stems up to you guys in Canada as well. I feel like a little bit, or yeah. not stems, but you know trickles into there or whatever, whatever, sure. however you want to phrase that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think this is super interesting, and I'm intrigued. I want to see more. I want to see what the game 
play actually looks like, what the story actually looks like. Um, but we're getting a full reveal on August 26th. So what what did that reveal trailer do to you, Roro? What what were your impressions? I well, you sent it to me in like a in a message, and I I just clicked on it. I, I had no idea <laughs> what it was, and I and I didn't know what it was until literally the very end of the trailer where it said Call of Duty Cold War. I was like, what did Daniel just send? Me? Like, <laughs> did he send me the right thing? Like, what am I watching here? Yeah, and. No, it it definitely in, intrigued me for sure. As someone who's again not super into Call of Duty, I haven't played a lot of the games at all, the campaigns, yeah. mainly the multiplayer's. But I've I've played if anything. Um, but yeah, as you're saying, it sounds very 2020, and it, it's going to be interesting to see it not being like super futuristic and not maybe um, on the battlefield, boots on the ground sort of thing so I'm, I'm it'll be interesting to see what the setting is if it's like modern day yeah. city like i don't I, I just don't know what to yeah. <laughs> to think i'm excited to see what the uh what the reveal is going to be i'm definitely intrigued after watching this i'm assuming this, this takes, <laughs> yeah it is i'm assuming this takes place in the cold war era because mm. they say like it's based on actual events or whatever it's okay. you know ties to actual events or whatever of the cold war um right. so yeah i i agree and i'm very intrigued by it but uh moving on into the games we're playing roro uh i've still been playing fall guys having a lot of fun with that game it's crazy it's madness uh as we always talked about but i did dabble into saints row 3 remaster a little bit which actually i i widely regard saints row 3 as my favorite saints row game even before playing this remaster and going back to it i can absolutely say that with a hundred percent uh affliction whatever uh i can say that is my favorite saints row game it is it still holds up to this day even with the remaster i absolutely love that gameplay it's so silly it's you know the story is crazy it's it's hilarious um i just love everything about it saints row 4 was just crackdown and that's not really what i wanted from saints row so uh that's why three i love that game so i was excited to go back to it but that's pretty much all I got. Of course, I'm playing MCC, but I didn't put that on here. <laughs> um, so for, for me, I am playing... We, I hinted to it a little bit um, when we're talking about the Nindies. Uh, I'm playing... Oh, am I? Okay, sorry. Oh, I thought okay. I was... I got disconnected there, sorry. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm playing a game called uh, Takeshi and Hiroshi. Which is a game that was shown off at the the Nindy Direct, as I said. Um, it's a very heavy narrative game with a little bit of gameplay. So the story is basically uh, you are the older brother of Hiroshi, so you're Takeshi, and your younger brother has some breathing issues. He has severe asthma and he's hospitalized, so he's in the hospital a lot. And you are an aspiring game developer, so to, you you really like making your brother happy and making him smile at, as he's in the hospital all the time, so he's kind of bummed a lot. Oh, wow. Um, so the gameplay part of it is you are designing levels for him to play. It's not super deep. You choose monsters for him to fight. So he's a little sword guy, and he's running towards the monsters, and you choose which monsters he fights. And the goal is to make sure that he is happy by the end of it, so make sure that he's not stressed and he's not bored. So you have to strike a little... Uh, challenge, so he's challenged, but he's not too challenged that he gets upset. So it's it's really interesting to balance uh, balance it out. You like choose the correct monsters, and if if he dies, then you get to start over. But it's it's interesting. It's like don't make it too hard, but yeah. don't make it too easy at the same time. It, it's 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 really interesting. It's super short. I think I'm coming close to the end of it now. It's like eight chapters, and I'm on like the sixth chapter now. Um, it hasn't broken my heart yet, so it, it seems like very light. I'm, I don't know what's going to happen in the last couple chapters, but yeah. it's it's a nice little palate cleanser. It's from The Last of Us and all those crazy games that we've been playing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. It's very light and and cute. Yeah. It sounds and original this, too. 
Yeah, it's. I thought it was really cool, and the 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 story is told through like a stop motion puppets, Ooh, sort of. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's a really cool style. So, um, I'm liking it a lot. Sweet. And the other game that I'm playing is Spirit Fair, which I haven't gotten too deep into yet. But it, uh, as the developers call it, uh, Thunder Lotus Games are the developers. They market it as a cozy management game about dying. And <laughs> I can agree it is that, but it's, it's so beautiful. It's such a calming game. Like you, you have a boat and you're collecting these spirits to, to join you on this voyage to their afterlife. So you're basically taking them to the afterlife, but I haven't gotten to that part yet. So I'm just really bonding with these animal spirits right now. But there's a really cool customization aspect that you're like making guest houses for the spirits, uh, like a little kitchen to make them food. You gotta, you gotta make sure that they're happy. Kind of similar to the previous game that I was talking about, just yeah. making sure that they're always in a in a good mood. But uh, nothing too heavy about it. It's like it's super chill. Yeah. Again, I don't know how it's going to be as I continue, but right now I'm just I'm really loving it so far. So um, would, would you say it's yeah. like Ghost Simulator? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would, I I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. Sorry, I can't resist. <laughs> oh, that sounds that does sound very interesting though. It is. It is. It's nice. I, I would re- recommend uh checking it out. I'm I'm gonna be playing it on stream after this. Sweet. Sounds yeah. good. Uh and Roro, where could people join join you to see your stream? You could watch me on twitch.tv slash Roro. That's R O R A U W. So which is the opposite. From- <laughs> yeah, backwards from what you're seeing on the screen right now. <laughs> yeah, which which did you change that? Because I isn't it uh, this the way I have it on the stream? Isn't it that you have way? it right? You have it right here. I just oh, okay. made a bad mistake on Twitch. Oh no! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, I was like, wait yeah. a minute. I did see that last week. I think I joined your uh, stream. Yeah. I was like, why is his name backwards? But, yeah. Oops. Cool. All right, uh, moving into the topic of the show, Roro, Epic Games has officially thrown the gauntlet to bo- at both Apple and Google's uh, store policies. So mm-hmm. they essentially uh, cut the prices of V-Bucks um, last week, and while doing so, which that's great, but uh, while doing so, they they added a new payment method in game. So they didn't they didn't do an update to the app itself on Google or Apple. They made an update to like their server side and gave players an option to pay using uh, Epic's uh, payment system, payment portal or whatever inside of Fortnite. And they made the V-Bucks cheaper by doing that uh, because they don't have to deal with Apple and Google's 30% or whatever their royalty is. And uh, that has created quite the stir because almost immediately Apple then took down Fortnite from the App Store and uh, has essentially given Epic a... um, what, I don't know what you call that. Like a oh, ultimatum? ultimatum. Yes, you're right. Ultimatum. That is what I was looking for. Uh, <laughs> so, and they're basically saying uh, you guys have to remove that payment option or else we will be removing all developer tools for the Unreal Engine, not just Fortnite. The Unreal Engine and, and obviously Fortnite will not come back to the App Store. Uh, so this is insane uh two trillion dollar company fighting against a multi-billion dollar company i don't know what to to expect out of this but i do think it's a good thing uh to kind of check apple and google a little bit because i do feel like in some instances it is unfair business practices for them to be taking so much of a cut from you know certain developers and that's been one of the things they've been in court about they prioritize certain streaming companies like i read a report that apple uh did a deal with amazon so that uh apple would only take 15 percent of the revenue from uh amazon apps like amazon uh fire whatever streaming or whatever it is and their normal rate is 30%. So they're obviously making priorities based on, you know, situations, which isn't really the way it should be done. 
Um, and definitely, yeah, that's kind of shady business practice. So, yeah, I mean, props to Epic. Uh, but man, this is, I don't know where, where do you think this is going to go from here? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't see Epic backing down and I don't see Apple backing down. I, I, yeah. I don't know if, yeah, I don't think either of them are going to buckle in this situation, which is, is sad because I know for some reason, people, a lot of people play Fortnite on mobile Yeah, and, um, yeah, I, I know it's free everywhere, but at the same time, it, it's always good to have those those options for people who don't have the other options. Yeah. Um, and I, I never understood the hate that the Epic Game Store got because you were talking about the cuts and stuff like that. Yeah. And the cuts that they take from the people that publish on their uh, on their store is like it's insane. Like it's the tiny. people who yeah the people that publish there get like 88 percent I think yeah. of the rev. Yeah. yeah, and they get twelve percent of the cut. It was like, it's it. I think it is good what what they're doing. Um, the way you described it when you were first saying it, talking talking about it, did sound super shady though. Yeah, <laughs> when you were just reading it, it's like how they went through the back door and they just they didn't update the store. They just they just did it. Yeah, which so I understand where Apple might be coming from. Is like, yeah. you guys just didn't even talk to us about this. You just did it and obviously that's against the rules so we're taking off our store so i i get why they're doing it yeah but at the same time they're super greedy yes <laughs> and like come on like, yeah. i don't know and it sucks that it, it got removed from the store yeah and and epic has actually uh sued apple now too yes. that's in the court systems uh for them removing fortnite and uh for the legal ramifications with the unreal engine and all of that uh, I know they are countersuing them, and I believe Google as well. We're we're kind of not talking about Google, but it's the same situation there, where uh, everything we just described—they're doing the same thing. It's a monopoly essentially because you have to go through the App Store in order to uh, have any kind of transaction whatsoever. Um, so yeah, it mm, it's interesting. It, it is, yeah, and it it was. They had like an animation ready, like Epic Games had like a yes, uh, a little teaser, not a teaser, but a, a, a um, short film, I guess you could say, animation um, ready, kind of hinting back to an old Apple commercial from back in the day. So they they knew that this was was yeah. coming, which is even more interesting. Um, I just can't imagine like the people who had to work on <laughs> that animation, like, Hey guys, you gotta work on this animation because we're about to get removed from the Apple store. Just in case, just have this ready. It's and, like, oh, okay. <laughs> and that's actually, that's one of the most interesting parts about this. Like that's actually super smart of Epic to do it that way. Cause they even, they, they premiered it in Fortnite. Like they played it on the movie screen in Fortnite and essentially you're, you're trying to get your players to speak out on behalf of you, which is very, very smart. Uh, you're basically free saying, Fortnite was a, a hashtag yeah. for a while. Yeah, and it was trending on Twitter uh, as soon as that all went down. Which super smart way to do it because if there's anyone that's going to get to Apple, it's going to be the consumer. Um, and I feel like I feel like this is kind of the same talk we had what last week or two weeks ago about XCloud not coming to iOS. It's the same situation where you have Apple who wants to demand certain stipulations that aren't really fair stipulations. But like, just to give you an example, when they have uh, streaming services like Netflix on on their serve on iOS, they don't review every single movie that it goes through netflix they they trust that the the uh, movie ratings and tv ratings on there are accurate information and the reasoning for not having xcloud on their application was that they couldn't review every game and and approve every game and it's like that's a double standard because the game industry has esrb ratings which are the exact same as the movie industry and tv industry so it is very, very much uh, shady by Apple. They need, I feel like they do need to uh, have a consistent uh, message, I guess, um, across everything. So. Yeah. Yeah. At, yeah. But at, at the end of the day, it, it really, it does suck because 
I don't, again, I don't, I don't see Apple buckling. <laughs> I hope they do because yeah. I would love to play xCloud on an iOS someday. And I would love for everybody to have Fortnite again on their, on their systems. But as you were saying earlier, a multi-trillion dollar company versus a billion dollar company yeah. or million, I, I don't know how it cuts down, but if we don't pay with our wallets, it, it all really doesn't, or don't vote with our wallets, with the, which is a lot what a lot of people do say, yeah. nothing is really going to going to change. And I feel like, including myself, I, I still have an Apple phone <laughs> right now. Absolutely. Um, so everything I. that happened is making me consider getting, next time I get to upgrade, maybe get something different. But yeah. until that day happens, I'm giving them my business, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> yep. But um, yeah, it's it has to be done with our money or else they're just going to keep getting away with it because that's 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 what they want and that's what they're getting unfortunately yeah i agree completely and i'm in the same boat with you there i i've had an iphone for forever and couldn't imagine life without it but man (laughs) super awful uh and you kind of said like uh like the mobile experience it's the mobile experience has come a long way actually it's actually I played it not that long ago just to kind of see what it was like, uh, like maybe a couple months ago. And it actually is a decent experience when you get a controller connected via Bluetooth to it because you can just it's essentially just a portable screen at that point because both the DualShock 4 and the Xbox controller uh, can connect via Bluetooth and you use it on there. And let me just say when you're playing mobile people who don't have a controller <laughs> it makes it so game pretty easy. easily yes so nice. yeah it, yeah it's actually very de- it's a very good experience honestly um for okay. what you get there so uh anything well, I'll never else? Experience again do what i'll never experience it again oh yes yeah unfortunately uh yeah not a good situation. Anything else, Roro, before we end the show? Um, no, that's that's a that was it. <laughs> cool. Sounds good. Thank you again to everyone joining us both live on YouTube and on podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you, Roro. I am Daniel. This has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love and keep on gaming see ya yes we didn't get a ruined end this time sean <laughs> disc, disc, disc. <laughs>